This is the Everyday Mind Podcast, the place where we come together to talk about living a life of notice, creating more connected relationships, and ditching the hustle as you establish the life and business you've always wanted. I'm Naftali Roberts, your host and guide, as we journey together exploring the everyday mind. Are you ready? Let's go. Have you ever felt like you had to choose between being go with the flow and flexible or between being super planned out and rigid, but you found yourself, one, not being able to fit in either of those boxes or two, finding that you don't have enough time to figure out which one of those work best for you? I know that I have. And today, my friends, we are going to talk about two ways to take back time in your life and in your business that doesn't cause you to feel like you have to go climb into that box that you have sitting out to go to recycling, but also allows you to really, on purpose, find time in your life to create and be on purpose. Wow, I just said on purpose a lot of times. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Naftali Roberts, and I am a coach for creatives, and I have spent the last 17 years working with lots of humans. I've worked with them to figure out who they are and how to really utilize their themness to be in their lives, to be in their business, and to create authentically. I originally did that in a role of being a marriage and family therapist and building a successful business there. I work with my husband, who I love and adore, who's a art director in the film and TV industry. And we have three kids. And as you can tell, sometimes, a lot of times, if I'm not intentional about it, I feel like I have to choose between those two things I said at the beginning. I have to choose between being really, really like, okay, this is our schedule and this is where we have to be and this is what we have to do and this is how we have to do it. And because I am not a type A personality, that really exhausts me. And so then my other go-to place can very easily be just blah, like I don't have a structure for anything and we just kind of go for it with the flow. But then I get to the end of those days. I'm like, what have I done? And why is my to-do list that I have in my mind not written down? Because why would I write it down? There's a reason to write it down, but that's another episode. Okay. So what are two ways, my friends, that you can take back the time? So time, time. I think before I talk about those two ways, I want to talk, I'm going to make this a little bonus, throw in this in here. I want to talk about this idea of multitasking. So if you would talk to my husband, his name is Chris Roberts. You can always try to find him. He's not very social on the social media, so good luck. But if you would talk to him, he would probably say, because he is very type A, that I am not incredibly scheduled. He's always amazed that I get as much done as I do because he doesn't understand exactly how my brain works. But one of the things that we often used to fight about in our early years of marriage was how I approached multitasking. So I had really 
bought into, and I'm not sure if you guys have, but bought into this idea that multitasking was the way that this free spirit, hippie, anti-planner was going to get a lot done. Like I was just going to do a lot when I had energy and try to do it all. And then when I didn't have energy, I wouldn't do any of it. If you just heard a click, that was me hitting the printer. I talk with my hands. And so sometimes I hit the printer when we record and we're just going to have to be okay with that, guys. Anyway, so back to multitasking. So I tried to multitask for a long time and I did this even after I studied in school, like some of the negative impacts of multitasking, I will be honest, before they really started to come out with like rules and regulations and studies about the negative impact of trying to multitask in the car, I definitely used to text and drive. I don't anymore. But when I was young and I believed that that was the way to get all the stuff done, I would do it. I am sorry for that humanity. I didn't know. I was 20. My prefrontal cortex was still forming. So we would fight a lot, in fact, about if me trying to do all the things at one time was really effective. And what ended up happening, I don't really remember the moment, but I just clearly remember this one point looking around my apartment And we probably had one kid at this point, maybe a second itty bitty one. And I remember looking around and they're just all of a sudden with this like light bulb that went on, which was, wow, I have a lot of things that are half done or three quarter done and they are in processness. I have deluded myself into believing that's freedom for me. And when I look around, I just feel in my core overwhelmed and overburdened with the weight of needing to finish them all. So it would be, for example, like I would set out to clean out a closet and organize it. So I would pull everything out of the closet with no real exact plan and how I was going to do it. And then I would be knowing that I needed to get to the store later. So I would be trying to meal plan and make a list at the same time. And then I would be watching my son cleaning the closet, doing that. At that point, I didn't have a business. So I wasn't doing that, but I was possibly responding to some texts or different business related things for my husband. And so I was trying to do all of it. And then someone would text me and say, hey, why are you not at this play date? And And that would happen a lot because I was just trying to do too many things at one time. And the science of it is that multitasking really is, well, this is a long side aside, but it is. Multitasking is performing more than one task at once and it's switching between them. And so in doing that, I was one, losing momentum, losing focus, losing like my creative solutions to things that I had gone in like, oh, I know what I'm going to do with the closet and how we're going to make this better and making it more functional. But because I was trying to do that and do the meal planning and watch the kid, by the time I went to like implementing it, I was just like, I don't even remember why I pulled everything out of the closet. It was away and now it's not. Now it's probably going to sit here till tomorrow because I just can't. So that my friends, is not what I'm going to tell you to do. And I'm also not 
just so you know, and you're not going to go turn this off before I actually get to the two ways to start to take back time. I am not going to tell you that you have to be like all of your idealized type A sorts of people. So I'm not going to tell you that, but I'm going to tell you some different ways that have worked for me and how those very concrete different ways can be done in different format so that you can find the one way that works for you, not for everyone else, but for you. So first thing that you can do to start taking back time is that you can do time blocking. Okay, I know, I used to feel that same way. The sinking that is going on in your heart right now, if you're like, I don't know how to time block and that sounds like a lot of work and I'm gonna put it on the schedule and then I'm gonna get creative and like, how do I deal with being inspired and still time block? I have a solution. So here is the solution. We've done other episodes on prioritizing things. So I'm expecting that many of you know what your couple priorities are right now. If you don't, definitely go listen to those episodes. And if you're still stuck, I do open up every single month a few limited places in my calendar where I do next three-step strategy sessions. And basically what those are is they are me and you sitting down for 90 minutes and figuring out what your core priorities are, why you want to get there and why you've been not getting there, like your barriers, and then clearly laying out the next three steps that you're going to take consistently that are going to help you reach those goals. And then what you're going to do when you've reached the place where those next three steps aren't working and you need the next three steps. So if you're sitting here and you're like, ay, 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 like you're telling me to time block and I'm not even sure what I'm time blocking, listen to those episodes. And then if you're still stuck, I would love, love, love to have you reach out and see when the next time in my schedule is available for us to sit down and have one of those sessions. It is the lowest price way that I work with people one-on-one and the people that have done these sessions have found so much value in them. Okay, so you're going to time block. And how to do that if the rigidity of time blocking feels overwhelming? So there's a couple ways you can do this. One, go on the internet and Google what time blocking is. Basically, time blocking is setting aside certain blocks of time to do certain types of activities. Now, I know for those of you that are creative or artistic, this may feel like, wait, but how does creative inspiration flow into that? I can't schedule that. I can't say like, okay, I'm going to feel creative from two to four. You're right. You can't really do that. So that is why I, so I like digital calendars. And so I'm going to tell you how I do it. But then if you like paper calendars, do this in a way that works. You just are probably going to need to use writing instruments that have erasers on them. So when I am laying out my time blocks, I use Google Cal. It's just the calendar system I like. I use Acuity for my client scheduling with me, as well as my therapy client schedule another way. So there's a 
couple different calendars that all feed into my Google Calendar system. And with that, I have things color coded. And I really use that color coding system to allow me to see the blocks of time that are very set. So like my client work right now is all in purple because those are appointments that are set. And so that is the block of time. I try to limit my clients to specific times during my week so that I am just in client work time. And when I'm not in that time, then I can have time for creativity or the business admin side of my business. Secondly, what I do is I pre-plan out all my family things before I even start putting all the appointments in. So I have just reoccurring on my schedule. I have working out and the days and times I do that. I have breakfast and get ready. Not that I'm ever going to forget to do that, but I got into this place when I was feeling really, really productive. I would forget that that was something that I wanted and needed to build into my life. And so when I wasn't moving through my to-do list or moving through my schedule. Even if I didn't have it on my schedule, I felt like I wasn't doing something productive. And so I just started putting it on my schedule. So then I was like, ah, I did that today. I'm so awesome. Even though it was something I do every day, which is have breakfast, drink coffee, and get dressed. It's not rocket scientist level movement, but it is important to me, maybe not to you. If you don't practice getting dressed every day, you do you, boo. Okay, so (laughs) I have those things. Those are in like a coral color. I'm just telling you my colors so you can kind of imagine my calendar right now. So I have those things. I have pick up in the evening. I have anytime my kids have appointments or activities that I need to be at. Now I color record the things that I don't need to be at, but I just need to be aware are happening in a different color and in a different way. But This is like the things that I need to be a part of or someone that is a parent needs to be a part of. And then my husband and I, when we do our family meeting, which I have an episode coming out in a couple of weeks about our family meetings and what we make a part of that and how that's really cut conflict in our lives. So definitely check that out. So I have those things in one color. Next, I have my lovely yellow block. Yellow although not the yellow they use in Google, but yellow in a lot of ways is one of my favorite colors. I love yellow roses. And so it's just a happy and cheerful thing. So for me, I like happy and cheerful. And so I wanted to use colors and color blocking to really tell me, ooh, I have these chunks of time, but, and this is the important mindset component. I use yellow in my schedule You use whatever you need to do to signal to me that these are times I've set with intentional tasks, so I'll name them, but yellow means I can move them. And so if I go to sit down and I'm having a day that I had set aside one hour to do bookkeeping, but all of a sudden I'm in the groove with recording podcasts and I know that I have another great one inside of me. And I know that if I don't record it right now, I'm not sure that it will come out in the same way. Then 
I give myself grace to create, but before I do that, I take a look at my calendar, I see what I've laid out already, and then before I go do the other thing that I am currently have decided that is important, and I'm not just being taken by the wind, but I've decided, no, yes, I do need to attune my energy here. I go first and I make sure that I can move that to another place. Does that make sense? I kind of wish I was doing a video about this at this point, but I'm already 16 minutes into recording this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to record a video if I can figure out how to do this. And I'm going to walk you through just looking at a weekly calendar and how I set it up. And then you can kind of see what I mean when I talk about movable and how I do that. But just know the time blocking is really important. But if you look at it like a box and make it a really tiny box that you can't fit in because of who you are, then you're not going to get back time. So figure out how to time block in a way that works for you. If you are getting stuck, I know there's a lot of people that time block in the On Purpose Life and Business Facebook community. So definitely head on over there and just throw up a question about time blocking or where you get stuck or any questions you might have. And we would love to hang out with you and talk with you about that because we're in this together, peeps. So the other way that I've really found to get time back is to have really clear ways that I lay out what are the couple things that are the most important each and every day. So for me, I write those out. I, at the start of every day, whether it's in my phone or whether it's on a piece of paper, I look at my never ending list of things that I want to get done. And some of the stuff is already laid out. And then I kind of look at those yellow, one of the other ways I use yellow on my calendar, chunk. And that's when I name what those chunks are. That's when I say, okay, so I have an hour from 10 to 11. And I know that I have two clients before and I have a a live scheduled later. And I know what type of energy those take. And so how do I like assess? Am I going to need to be doing something that's different in between, like maybe something more administrative that doesn't take that creativity or that strategic problem solvingness. They're more like routine tasks, like sending emails or filing things. I don't really file. I do a lot digitally, but digitally filing things. Or do I need to stay in that creative vibe? So I can kind of look at my core steps and I can ask myself, what are the two or three things today that are most important, not that I believe I should do, but what are the two or three things today that would make today feel good, that would make today productive, that would make today the day that I need it to be in terms of being intentional and on purpose and aligned. And so I write out those one, two, or three things, and I just have a place I do that every day. Now, if you are a talker like me, that place might be a voice memo. There are a lot of days I don't feel like writing. And so I voice memo my top three things. And then when I feel stuck, I listen to it and I go, okay, yep, I know what's next. I know what, how to keep flowing. I know how to keep going. Well, I sounded like Dr. Seuss there. So my friends, those 
are two small yet powerful ways that you can take back time in your life and also why, my dear friends, especially those of you that have struggled maybe for a really long time with the shame of not necessarily being type A or wanting to be type A and not finding the scheduling and organizing your schedule and time management and all of the things come traditionally easy for you. I want you to feel freedom today to just go figure out the way that works for you and then do it. You don't have to be organized like everybody else, but you do need to create the safety and the security of a schedule or of a attunement list or whatever you want to call it because that and it's not, there's no woohoo here. It's just the science that will allow you to engage yourself, notice your energy and create and be all these amazing things. And I want that for you. So go be on purpose, send me messages. Like I said, I'm gonna try to make a video and that will be in the show notes. So go check that out. I probably will also do one on social media and I will talk to y'all soon. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Mind. Here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of the episode you just listened to, head on over to Instagram stories and share there all about why you've been loving the Everyday Mind podcast. Tag me, Naftali V. Roberts, and share so that more people can continue to grow their life of notice so they can build a life and business they've always wanted. If you really love me, please head and leave a rating and review so that more people can continue to hear and get encouraged tips and tricks to grow a life and notice and build that business on Have a great day and I'll talk to you all soon.